Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. For the next hour, we'll be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call is 646 That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show. BlockTalkRadio.com slash pgan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForItGan, G O F O R I T G A N T, as we talk sports. Have a little fun doing it too. So let's let's get started. So as we go throughout this hour, going to touch on a lot of things. Some of the week, uh, week nine NFL matchups coming up. Uh, sighting time in the NFL at teeing up. Talk a little NBA as well. A little baseball too. A little college football in there as well. And we're also at 10-10. Going to be joined by Vernon Davis of the Washington Redskins. Vernon and his Redskins coming off a tough tie. A tough tie. Kissing your sister. A tie is like kissing your sister is what a wise man once said. But anyway, we're going to talk to uh, Vernon Davis about that tie and, and, you know, what's next for him and, and the Washington Redskins. So we'll see what happens. But Vernon Davis will be joining us in a few minutes. Now let's get right down to it and um, let's start in the NBA. Last night in L.A., the Warriors, after beating down OKC and what Russell Westbrook, they take a beat down themselves, one seventeen to ninety seven to the Lakers. I mean, and and as they're talking, you know, Steve Kerr said after the game, it's their annual beat down at Staples. You know, it's their annual beat down at Staples. They got their annual beat down at Staples last March, and they got their annual beat down this year. It came a little earlier. This time. In November, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that the Lakers were uh, were able to be successful yesterday is Steph Curry, 0 for 10 from downtown. That was the first time Steph Curry has went through a whole game without a three-point shot, 150 consecutive games. Talking about almost two years. Without, with, 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 I mean, he went through a game. It, it hasn't happened in almost two years that he went through a whole game without making a three-point shot. That's amazing. So they got beat down last night. And this is a team 
if you look at the Golden State Warriors, and hey, to me, you know, we could talk about the regular season and their 73 wins, but you look at the Golden State Warriors at this point of the season, they already got two losses. And last year, they only lost, what, won 73 games? Only won nine, lost nine times. Nine times. That's it. Only lost nine times last year. But that tells you something. Or maybe it tells you nothing. I think, well, maybe it tells you this. I think it tells you this. That the Warriors are a team that's going to be possibly a work in progress from this standpoint. And I say work in progress. Obviously, it's still going to be a big-time football team. I said football team. This is going to be a big-time basketball team. Obviously, it's going to be a big – they're going to be a big-time basketball team. And when it's all said and done, they're going to be there right there in the mix, probably playing the Cavaliers for the NBA title. But if you look at the Golden State Warriors, this is going to take time. You know, the, the, a lot of different skill sets, you know, a lot of different talents on this roster. You know, the chemistry was a big part and a big reason why the Warriors won 73 games last year. I think also a big reason why the Warriors won 73 games last year was because this basketball team, I think, wanted to prove a lot of things to a lot of people. They wanted to prove to the Cavaliers that their championship wasn't a fluke the year before. They wanted to prove to everybody else that, you know, their their championship wasn't a fluke. Steph Curry wanted to prove that, you know, he had a great season when he won that MVP, and then he came back and had a greater season and won the MVP again. He wanted to prove that the first time he won the MVP wasn't a fluke and that James Harden should not have won it the first time around, and Steph Curry should have won it, and he won it. And he wanted to make it this the, the following year. He wanted to make it sure and, and easy, and wanted to make sure that everybody knew and everybody agreed that Steph Curry was the MVP, and everybody did agree because he was a unanimous decision. He was every vote went to Steph Curry for the MVP. That wasn't the case the first time around. The first time he won the MVP, a little closer. A lot closer. So last year, it was about the Warriors proving to you and everybody else that their championship wasn't a fluke. That it didn't matter if if Houston didn't have their point guard. It didn't matter, you know, if Anthony Davis and and the Pelicans, who weren't that great. Well, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And I think they wanted to show the world that it did not matter. That no matter what you throw in front of this basketball team, this basketball team is big time. No matter, and and they wanted to prove that, hey, even though the Cavaliers were depleted, we we still are a big time basketball team. And I think that was a part of why the Warriors 
won it, you know, to and got off to that great start and won those 73 games. But it wasn't enough because Cleveland obviously was a little more determined. They were a little bit more of a determined basketball team last year, down 3-1. It didn't hurt that Draymond Green missed game five. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt at all. But that didn't hurt. Not even a little bit. But if you look at this team, again, when that big three got together in Miami, it took time. They didn't even win it the first year. Remember. So expect similar growing pains for this process, for this team to be the team that is a championship caliber team. Expect growing pains. Expect it. It's going to happen. But they got beat down, man. They got beat down last night by the Lakers. I think we should look at the Lakers. They're going to have their moments this year. You know, in terms of, you know, at times they're going to be some good teams. At times they're going to lose to some uh, some bad teams and some good teams. It's a young team in L.A. But it's a team that that has some talent. Julius Randle, talented, big. He had a double-double last night. Um, you look at D'Angelo Russell. He's improving. He's getting better. You know, he's, getting, he's, he's becoming a better player. He had a lot of struggles last year, but he's becoming a better player. I mean, Swaggy P is giving him some decent minutes. Nick Young. Then Lou Williams. Lou Williams gave him some big-time production off the bench. Big-time production for the Lakers. Sweet Lou is really helping the Los Angeles Lakers right now. He's getting it done for the Lakers. Uh, you know, he had some big moments. Big, big moments this year. Um, Average of 15 points a game, but that's some big moments against the Hawks. One of the reasons they lost that game. I mean, excuse me, won that game. And then he had a big moment, you know, last night at 20 points. And so he's having moments, having definitely some big moments throughout the course of this season. And that's one of the reasons the Lakers are having the level of success that they are, three and three. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Let's go. We're, we're going to switch gears and go to the NFL. Washington Redskins uh, out there in London against the Cincinnati Bengals. They kissed their sister, you know, and and the Bengals kissed their sister, and the, and the Redskins kissed their sister, and they all went home with a twenty-seven to twenty-seven tie. And so we're going to bring in a guy who was a part of that. Of that, I said basketball, didn't I? A part of that football game. And a guy who's been playing very well for the Redskins over the past few weeks, Vernon Davis. Let's bring him in now. Tight end for the Washington Redskins, Vernon Davis. Vernon, how are you, man? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Now, Vernon, the game ended in a 27-27 tie. It's not a loss, but it's not a win either. How do you view a tie? You know what? When you look at a tie, you have to you have to look at it and 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 you say to yourself, "Hey, we 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 went in, we competed, we did really well." You have to really, really just um, try your best to critique your performance as a team overall 
And uh, that's all you can do because, I mean, you can't be upset. You know, you can all you can do is just smile and, and, and just be excited because you didn't lose the game. You didn't lose. So now if you, if you lost the game, then it, we're, we're talking about something totally different. I mean, it's a whole other right. story. But we didn't lose. So there's a lot to be uh, excited about. You just move forward, get ready for practice, and correct some of the mistakes uh, that we need to correct and, and uh, keep it moving. So let me ask you this now. We, we saw in overtime Dustin Hopkins missed that key field goal, and there was a shot on the sideline of you two talking. What were you saying to Dustin Hopkins? I pretty much wanted, I, I wanted to encourage uh, Dustin Hopkins. I wanted to let him know that yeah, it wasn't his fault. I'm just, just lifting him up and let him know that the team is behind him 110%. And it, things happen. Things happen. You sometimes you can't control certain things, and and when when you go through adversity, you have to look at it as a positive because you know he could be the savior for the next time for the next game. You 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 ha, you're going to have those moments where you you're not going to come out on top. You have a few um, uh, you, you know a few times where you just can't you just can't come through. You just couldn't do it. You couldn't pull it off. But but. Look at the brighter picture. Look at the bright side of things and, and know that everything's going to work out for the good. If you continue to just keep your faith, keep working hard, and, um, and, and just keep the motivation. Now, over the past few weeks, man, you've been keeping your motivation. You've been working hard. You've been getting it done, including last Sunday's five catches for 93 yards. Talk about your production over the past few weeks. Well, for me, I just, you know, when, I, when, I, when the Redskins acquired me, I went in there with a the, with the will-to-win attitude. My approach was just to play ball and, and do everything that they wanted me to do and, and the effort to help the team win. And that's that was my plan. I had a plan in place, and, and that's what I'll continue to do. And I'm not expecting anything more. You know, the only thing I'm expecting is to win games, win football games. That's why we play, to win games, go to the playoffs, and hopefully have an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no other reason to play this game, and that's my mindset. Uh, I try to spread spread that to um, to the team, and just keep um, keep a positive attitude, a positive approach uh, towards the game. We're talking to Redskins tight end Vernon Davis. Vernon, I, I look at you, and you seem a little faster out there this year. Is that the case? I I don't I, I haven't really. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I lost speed. I feel like I've been consistent over the years, and I feel like I'm only getting better. I, I continue to work hard during the off season. I put the time in, and and I just keep the faith. I, most importantly, I put God first, and I just let Him control everything, and and expect the best for myself, and not only myself, but whoever I'm involved with, whether it's the team or or uh, the organization, whatever it may be. I just I keep the faith. I put it in God's hands, and and just let him take the lead. After your situation with Denver, there were people out here who thought maybe Vernon Davis was done. How much did that fuel you in the offseason? I don't you know, like Destin, kind of the same a similar situation. He went through adversity when he didn't when he get didn't get the field goal and you know there's probably a negative a lot of negative thoughts going rolling through his mind and you know he felt as if he was he didn't come through for the team in Denver. Yeah, I wanted a bigger role. I wanted to play, 
more, wanted to get more snaps, but it didn't work out in my favor. But at the same time, it did work out because I was able to uh, win a Super Bowl with the team. And I did my part. I did my part. And every, everything happens for a reason. You know, it's all predicated on timing. So I can't be upset about anything. I can't talk bad, point fingers at anyone, and be negative. All I can do is be positive because, like I said, at the right time, everything will work out in your favor. You will receive all the blessings and all the things that your heart desires at the right time. You just have to be patient, continue to work hard, keep a positive attitude, and uh, know that good things are going to happen no matter what the outcome is at the moment. So let's, let me ask you this. Ultimately, you did win that Super Bowl last year with the Broncos. What does getting that ring mean to you? What does that mean to you? Getting that ring means, it means everything. It means, it gives me, it tells me that, you know, all the hard work that I put in over the years is starting to pay off. But it doesn't stop with, stop with one ring. You have to keep moving forward and continue to try to get another one and another one and another one. It, and we all know how hard it is to do that in this league because in the NFL, everyone's good. Everyone has talent. And... Uh, the chances of winning a Super Bowl are really, really slim. So you have to continue to just just keep working hard and keep the faith. That's all you can. That's all you can do at the end of the day. But winning that Super Bowl, it also gave me the inspiration to continue to go forward and keep playing this game and uh, putting the time in, so that I could do my very best to help the team that I'm on win games. And the more games you win, the better chances you have because you're able to get into the playoffs. And then if you're winning in the playoffs, you make it to the Super Bowl. We're talking to Redskins tight end Vernon Davis. And Vernon, you scored your first touchdown against the Eagles a few weeks back. And you channeled your inner Steph Curry with a jump shot. But it turned out to be a penalty. <laughs> your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, I don't quite... I don't, I don't, I'm opposed to, to, to some of the rules that the NFL makes. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, it's not in my control. I can't control it, right? But a situation that I was in, like that one, we, we had a meeting. The league sent over uh, some footage of some of the things that we couldn't do, some of the things that we could do, and the jump shot was not in that. Don't remember it. I believe there's an article floating around out here where Coach – admitted that he didn't see it either. Um, I was I, – it, it, it didn't resonate with me that they would call a penalty for, for, for that play. I mean, without, without letting us know, giving us some kind of warning that you couldn't do this. You know, you couldn't do that. Um, and it's just it's, – it just breaks my heart. But like I said, it's not in my control. I can't do anything about it. All I can do is just learn from it and try not to let it happen again because um, I don't want to put my team in a situation where we're uh, hurting ourselves. I don't want to be the the burden. Uh, So I have to just be mindful of that. But moving forward, I know next time, and uh, I just have to be cognizant. So maybe you got to think of something different in terms of uh, touchdown celebrations. Absolutely. Now I have to come up with a whole nother routine. <laughs> <laughs> so Vernon, 
Vernon Davis Foundation for the Arts is doing some big things uh, out there in Oakland come November 23rd. Talk about that event. So for me, when it comes to the Vernon Davis Foundation for the Arts, I'm always looking to partner with uh, unique individuals, especially um, in the Bay Area as well as Washington, D.C. But this partnership is special because it's the Amos Temple Church um, and their mission and, and why, why they're doing it, why they do what they do. I'm all about it, and I love it. I love it. Anytime, anytime I have an opportunity to give back to the community, it's always a great thing because it just it touches my heart because I know how I grew up, the community I grew up in, and kids and families are always in need. So we decided to uh, partner up with them um, so that we can feed local homeless in poverty-stricken areas. Um, it will be different family members and, and, and kids in that area, and we'll have a chance to make an impact, a huge impact. And I just want to thank Rudy Paris, a professional singer and songwriter who will be coming out. Um, we all know how how time is so valuable. So for this gentleman to, to be able to come out and, and help support means a lot. When I heard he was coming out to perform, I just, I mean, it just took my breath away. I was like, wow, I didn't, you know, this is amazing, you know, being able to get someone to come in and, and just contribute their time. It means a lot. And I'm sure, sure. Uh, the Amos Temple Church will enjoy that and very elated to have it have uh, the different uh, individuals come out to support as well. So let me ask you this now, and looking at you guys at this point, the Redskins, 4-3-1, and one, one and a half games out of first place in the tough NFC East. End of the day, should we expect the Redskins to be a playoff team by year's end? Like I said earlier, I'm just, I'm, I'm very optimistic about everything. And when it comes to the Washington Redskins, I honestly feel like we have everything we need to be a winning team. I mean, we have the winning spirit. We have guys who are just good people, good individuals. And that's where it starts, right? You have to be good people because if you're a good person, you know how to treat your teammates. And and when you know how to treat your teammates, to me, that means we're a family. We're always working together. The continuity of the team is there, the synergy is there, and we're we're, we're constantly working to, to just to, to, to build that camaraderie that we need to have, not just on the field, but within the locker room as well. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I believe that we have um, a winning team. So let me ask you this. Now you've got the bye week coming up. How, how do you spend your bye week? Well, I spent look, the bad week is approaching. is is almost over. It's, it's moving fast. For me, we started on Tuesday, but I went in on Tuesday. I worked out. I like to work out and and, and catch balls um, as much as I can before I before I take off and do anything. So I'll I'll work out. I worked out today. Um, I ran some routes at the facility. As long as I can get three days in before we have to. Be back in the building. I'm good. Take off, get away, kind of uh, refresh myself, and uh, get get back to work. For sure. So fans, make sure you go to his website, VernonDavis.com. That's VernonDavis.com. Also hit him up on Twitter at VernonDavis85, 
And you can go to VernonDavis.com and, and find out about all the great things going on with Vernon Davis and his foundation, the Vernon Davis Foundation for the Arts. And this big event coming up on November 23rd out there in Oakland. So make sure you go to his website, VernonDavis.com. Vernon, absolute pleasure talking to you, sir. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. We'd love to do it again. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Vernon Davis, tight end for the Washington Redskins. And Vernon, again, has a big event coming up November 23rd out there in Oakland. VernonDavis.com, where you can find information related to that particular event. I want to talk Cam Newton now. And uh, interesting, obviously, uh, came out last week. We had the hit by Calais Campbell, who went low on Cam Newton. No penalty was called in that particular situation. Cam Newton came out, talked about it. None too happy about it, obviously, and, and rightfully so. If his name was Brady, if his name was Manning, if his name was Breeze, that most definitely would have been a penalty. You've seen it, that penalty be called. You've, you've seen it. I mean, and, and so Cam is, is, is rightfully upset and angry, and he should be. I mean, we saw the hits against the Broncos where, you know, Darian Stewart hit him and leveled him a few times, and a few other guys got some solid hits, some licks. Illegal licks, seemingly, on Cam Newton. Some called, some weren't. But Cam Newton, there is a shack effect going on. And you get the sense that running quarterbacks don't necessarily get, even within the pocket, don't get the same type of respect that traditional pocket passers get, like a Brady, like a Manning, like a Breeze. Like I remember Michael Vick. Watching him in Philly and the beatings and the hits that he used to take. And it's like, yo, that's a penalty, isn't it? And I think it's because he's not a pure pocket passer and he's a guy who likes to run. And I feel like this. Cam is out there trying to, you know, obviously he's got to protect himself. He's got to protect himself. And in order to protect, to protect yourself, you've got to let it be known that, hey, some of the shots and some of the hits that I'm taking aren't right, aren't legal. Shouldn't be getting, you know, guys shouldn't be getting away with that. And I know Clayus Campbell got fined, but you, you go after a guy's knees like that, that's an ACL, and that could be a career. I remember. Similar hit. Randall Cunningham back in 1991. And obviously, 91 to 2016, if you compare the way the games are played in 91 in comparison to 2016, it's like night and day. From the standpoint that 91, it was a much more physical game. We didn't hear much about concussions, concussion protocols, and all that stuff. You, you, you had an idea what a catch was in 1991. You had an idea what a personal foul was in 1991. You had an idea what a holding call looked like in 1991, whether that's offensive or defensive holding. So you had a better idea. But anyway, I go back. 91, Randall Cunningham in the pocket. You know, Bryce Pop. You know, Cunningham was throwing the football in the pocket. Bryce Pop goes low. Rips his ACL, tears his ACL. Out for the year. Eagle season essentially over, 
you know, record-breaking big-time defense all for naught because that was a team that went through a bunch of quarterbacks. So Brad Gable, Brad Gable played that year. Jeff Kemp, you know, not the who's who's in quarterback play in the National Football League and the National and National Football League history. Not the who's who's. But you look at that, and I'm not saying a little different in terms of the hit, but both shots were low. 91, that was legal. 2016, something like that happens. More often than not, it's going to be a penalty, except if your name is Cam Newton for whatever reason. But those type of shots, those type of low hits are, are ACL terrors or are the type of hits that have you reaching for your ACL because it's ruptured, torn, and all messed up. And so – I can understand Cam Newton's being upset. I can understand Cam Newton being angry. And then I thought, you know, he would get the love, he would get big time support around the league from other players, you know, in terms of what happened. But I didn't see that. You got Marcus Gilbert, tackle for, offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, he didn't support Cam Newton in that situation. He said, quote, Ben gets hit more than anybody in this league, talking about Ben Roethlisberger. He never complains. Come on, man, this is the game of football. He went on to say, if you're out there and you're scared to take a shot, then don't be out there, especially if you're running, especially if you're a running quarterback. But, but, but Marcus, yes, he's a running quarterback, but – when he took that hit against Calais Campbell, it was a low hit in the pocket. So you're wrong there. Let me go on. Defense are going to take shots at you, just the way his style of, football, of playing football, how he celebrates. I guess if he gives the guys a chip, like let's go hit the reigning NFL MVP. I mean, I, I, I thought Cam would get support. I thought Cam would get support. And, hey, maybe Marcus Gilbert, he's not a quarterback, so you can understand maybe why he doesn't give him support, but I thought Cam would get it. But then I saw another quarterback start talking about this. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson now. And one thing about Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson doesn't take big hits. The dude finds a way to avoid big hits. He finds a way to avoid big hits. He moves, he runs, but he gets down. He gets out the way. He knows how to slide. He knows how to do everything. He he knows how to protect himself. But Russell Wilson, you thought maybe a quarterback would give him a level of support. Russell Wilson, you didn't get that from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't give him any support. Russell Wilson, quote, you know, when asked if if he felt referees officiate him differently, and again, Russell Wilson, like a Cam Newton, is a guy who likes to move around, likes to run, likes to scramble, yet likes to use his legs. Russell Wilson said, no, I don't feel that way. I just try to play smart football. I guess he's saying Cam doesn't, maybe? I don't know. I think, I've said this before, but if I didn't want to play football, if I didn't want to get hit, 
I'd be playing tennis. Wait till somebody goes after your knees, Russell. I, I think your tune will totally change. That's just one of those things. You know, you're going to get hit. And, you know, you're going to take some hits every once in a while. You have to hang in there. At the same time, it's a rough game. You always want to make a smart decision and get down and get out of bounds. But, Russell, I, I get what you're saying. It's not that easy when you're in the pocket. Cam Newton was in the pocket. He was in the pocket. And, again, Russell Wilson at the time said he was only giving his, his thoughts. You know, he, he wasn't too familiar with what was going on with Cam Newton. Stop it, Russell. He went on to say, I haven't seen his particular situation. Honestly, I try to stay away from watching ESPN and all that. But I know for me, trying to get down, slide, and get out of bounds and all that because those guys are facing after you. Come on, Russell. This dude, Cam Newton, was talking about what's going on in the pocket. Come on. Stop. This is a fellow quarterback. You need to be out there in support of him. Now, maybe you don't like him. And, and that, that's the sense I'm getting. You know, maybe individuals are rubbed a little wrong by dabbing and, and the first down signals and things of that nature. But Cam ain't getting the love from around the league. Marcus Gilbert ain't showing Cam the love. And uh, his, his fellow quarterback, uh, another quarterback, and Russell Wilson ain't giving him the love. Where is the love? Can't get it. Can't get it from Marcus Gilbert. Can't get it from Russell Wilson. Can't get it from the league. He can't get the love. Come on, Russell. This is not about Cam Newton outside the pocket. This was hap- This happened to Cam Newton in the pocket. So Cam did talk to Roger Cattell. He said everything went well. And I think he had to complain. And I don't think Cam Newton is being a baby. This this guy's tough. He's a big man. He's a tough man. I don't think he's being a baby. I think what he's just trying, he's just trying to protect himself. Because the league ain't protecting him. His fellow players ain't coming out in defense of him. So he's got he's to protect himself. And I know his dad came out earlier talking about, you know, we need to do a, they need to do something in terms of protecting Cam Newton. His dad said something earlier. Daddy spoke up. Now Cam spoke up. We'll see if it's different. But we'll see if a change is going to come. We'll, we'll see if the league treats Cam Newton a little better. Treat Brady good. Treat Breeze good. Treat a man good. Why can't they treat Cam well? Why? We'll see if they will. We'll see what happens moving forward with this whole Cam Newton thing. But don't be surprised if if you start seeing some yellow flags around Cam Newton. Don't be surprised. But I, I, I am surprised, but I'm not surprised. I think the dabbing and the the celebrating the first downs and things of that nature. 
have rubbed a lot of players the wrong way when it comes to Cam Newton. And I think because of that, he might not garner the same level of support that other players in the National Football League get. He, he may not garner that same type of support. So, something to think about. But I think Russell Wilson, you know, when it's to me, it's like this. It's like this. An injustice to one is an injustice to all. Meaning, if Cam Newton is being treated in a certain type of way as a quarterback, your fellow quarterbacks need to step up and, and, and support him. Your players need to be out there supporting them because you never know when that could be you and you trying to go to the NFL and get some support. Never know. So, something to think about. But I want to go, I want to go back to the NBA for a second. I want to go back to, an NBA, to the NBA for a second. Before I go there, we, we saw the, the parade yesterday in Chicago. Five million people out there celebrating the formerly lovable losers, the formal lovable losers, the Chicago Cubs. They're not lovable losers no more. I mean, you look at the Cubs, and there's a possibility. With the Cubs, that they could be doing this again in the next few years. I mean, Theo Epstein, Theo Epstein, the drop killer. He is the drop killer. And so, again, with the talent, the young talent that the Cubs have, and they got a, a lot of young talent. You know, Swarmer, Rizzo. I mean, the talent is there, man. Russell, Addison Russell. Fine. They could be doing this for a little bit. They, they could be doing this again. And again. And again. Young talent, man. Cleveland is, is, is set up pretty good, too. Set up pretty good as well. Lindor. You know, they're, they're set up pretty good. You know, Santana. So Cleveland could be back. We might be seeing this again. But the Cubs, man, and, and, and Theo Epstein at this point, punch your ticket, baby. You're going to the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Theo Epstein. I'm congratulating you now. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You're a Hall of Famer. I mean, you're... You went to Boston, you broke that curse. After being down 3-0, by the way, to the Yankees in the ALCS, down 3-0. I remember I was at ESPN Classic at the time, and, and they did a show. I mean, it was that, obviously it was historical, it doesn't happen. 3-0 is a death nail, that's it. And, you know, they did a whole show about that back in my days at ESPN many moons ago. Man, that was a long time ago. But anyway, 
Anyway, you went out there, you put together a beautiful team out there in Boston, you won a championship. Then you come to Chicago. You know, and you build this thing up, and you build it up, and you build it up, and you build it up. Look at all this young talent out there. And you build that thing up, and now you win a championship. You get a big-time manager there and Joe Madden. Didn't make always the best big-time decisions, but he made enough big-time decisions to win it all. Ultimately, they got to figure out what they're going to do with the closing situation with uh, Chapman. I mean, he came there, and, and they gave up a lot for him back in June. They gave up a lot. Gave up a lot to the Yankees back in June to get Chapman and to solidify that bullpen, you know, get that bullpen right. But you wonder if Chapman's going to command a 15 maybe $16, 17000000 million contract. So they're going to have to figure out what they want to do there with Chapman and that closing situation. You got to figure that out. But this team, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Theo get it done. You got it done this far. You took it this far. You got him a championship. He'll take care of it. I, I trust his, his, his pedigree. I trust, I trust his history. I trust his, his ability to find talent. So we'll see. They'll be okay. Theo will, Theo will take care of it. But, you know, Theo, congratulations, man. You, you, you punched a ticket to the Hall of Fame. As, as Chris Carter would say, you in the Hall of Fame. Theo Epstein, you in the Hall of Fame. But let's, let, me, let, me, let me go to the NBA. Let me go to the NBA. I was getting there. I had to get that in. Didn't get that in last night. I had to get that in. And John, Jan Gomes. Young Goves, come on, man. I'm mad at you still. Still a little mad at you. I want Cleveland to win. I'm not going to lie. But I'm mad at you, Young. Three straight balls, man. You swung. Swung through. Three straight balls. After being up 2-0. After having Chapman on the ropes. Just had to be a little patient, man. Just a little patient. He was wild. Wild in the strike zone. He was wild in the strike zone. All you had to do, just wait. Let's just, let's wait a while. Let's wait a while. That's all you had to do. Now, I'm not saying there's no guarantee that the next man up would have did the job. But you had to give him a chance. You had that man on the ropes. But anyway, let me go to the NBA for a second. And then I'm going to go to the NBA, and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go to the NFL, and I'm going to get out of here. Let me get the NBA real quick. DeMar DeRozan. I mean, got a big-time contract in this offseason. You know, a lot of you can argue a lot of guys got overpaid, but there's a lot of money out there. So the salary structure in the NBA has changed. But I'm looking at DeMar DeRozan right now. And this dude, this guy, this man is playing like the man after five games. I, I'm looking at... What's going on with DeMar DeRozan? Last night, and, and, and you know, I think we're kind of forgetting about DeRozan because we, 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 we were talking about Westbrook and his triple-doubles and, and, you know, 95 points for Anthony Davis after the first two games. They lost again last night. 
we're forgetting about, you know, obviously we're talking about Golden State and what's going on up there. And of course, we're talking about Cleveland as well. But we're forgetting about DeMar DeRozan. He's off to a great start. A great start. 35 points per game he's averaging. He had 34 last night. He had 40 the, the night before. Two nights before. So, this guy, DeMar DeRozan, 35 points per game after five games. Oh, by the way, 50, what? 55% from the field. 55% from the field, 35 points per game. And last night, uh, 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 14 for 26. Tonight to go 14 for 23. So he's getting his points, and he's making more than he's missing. But we, we a lot of people, including myself, was thinking, man, that's a lot of money for DeMar DeRozan. And, I, and again, we, we were thinking about a lot of players. A lot of players got overpaid. But who cares? I, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're getting paid. But DeMar DeRozan gets a $139 million contract. And you know he's going to get a big one. You know, you know he's going to get a big one. Five years on 139 So he, DeMar DeRozan, got big time paid. And now he's showing everybody that may have questioned him at all. He's showing that, hey, I got my money. And I'm going to show you that the money I've gotten is the money I deserve. I mean, and it's early, it's early, but 23 points per game he averaged last year. And again, it's only five games in, but he's up 35 points per game, 35 per. And the field goal percentage is what's, it's, what's getting me, 55% from the field. Now, I don't know if he's going to keep this up. I don't know. But... If he does, and then the Raptors continue to play or continue to be one of their four and one at this point, so they continue to play as well as they are, and DeMar DeRozan can continue to put up those type of numbers, well, guess what? We might have an MVP candidate up there in Toronto. DeMar DeRozan. We might be talking about him as an MVP candidate. Not Westbrook, not LeBron, not Kyrie, not KD, Steph Curry, Clay, none of those guys. If DeMar DeRozan continues to play like the way he's playing, DeMar DeRozan and the Raptors continue to play the way they're playing, DeMar DeRozan, we might have to talk about him as an MVP. We might have to start talking about him as an MVP. So think about that. That's crazy. But anyway, he's off to a great start. 
Raptors off to a great start. I tell you, a team is off to a bad start. That's Andy Davis and the Pelicans. Again, a team completed. You know, they're missing some guys. Tyreek Evans is out. Drew Holiday is out, you know. Prayers out to Drew Holiday and his wife. That she she's recovering. Trying to deal with that cancer situation. Hopefully she can get through that whole situation. And he can get through that whole situation and they can be good. But anyway, Pelicans off to a 0-6 start. You know, and this is a team last year, Anthony Davis missed time. And that was a part of the reasons they struggled. But you look at it now, you look at Alvin Gentry, if this continues, AG might be out of a job. And also, if this continues, AD, Anthony Davis, might be asking to get out of there himself. He might ask to get out of there. So, I mean, he's a young superstar. He's big time. Only 23 years old. An amazing player. A do-it-all type of player. I'm just looking at his block that he had last night. But he could face you, post you. I mean, there's not – I guess he's a five-tool player. There, there's not anything he can't do. He's special. But eventually you got to build talent around him. And also, he's got to stay healthy himself. I mean, you know, we're six games in, 30 points per game, 11 boards, three blocks per game. Again, still early, a lot of basketball to be played. But he's balling. He's balling. Baller! He's balling. But let me let me go back to the NFL. Let's go to the NFL. Um, we look at the NFL at this point, and we're looking at um, what can what's going to happen in Week Nine, and and you know the, the season we're at the halfway point of this year, and I think it's very clear if we're at the half at the halfway point of the year, if we look around the league. And starting the AFC. The Patriots are the class of the AFC at this point. They are the class of the AFC. That's a big-time football team. Tom Brady's a big-time quarterback. I think they're the class of the AFC. Now, And I say if, if the Patriots were to get or, or play, you got Oakland out there 6-2, and two, the Broncos 6-2, and two, and then you got the Chiefs 5-2, and two, and then Chargers 3-5. I think it's safe to say. The AFC West is the best division in football. Chargers are three and five. They easily could be six and two, seven and one, seven and one. Chiefs got off to a slow start, but now they're moving ahead. They're plowing ahead. Three game winning streak, playing some big time football. Raiders got off to a great start, and the Broncos got off to a great start. And both of these teams are playing some big time football. Raiders going on the road and dominating five and zero on the road. So the best division in football. Is the AFC West. That, let's be clear about that. As Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl, that's not going to happen. They, uh, unless they can turn it around defensively, they might even have a hard time making these playoffs. But it, it did help, and it does help. That Big Ben is missing some time. That helps. That helps. Most definitely helps. But, I mean, the Ravens have struggled. Obviously, the Browns are the Browns. But in the NFC, AFC West, East, it's a done deal. It's Brady. 
It's the Patriots. He's big time. He's not going old. He's not going old at all. He's not old at all. He's not getting old at all. He's turning back the clock and turning back the clock and turning back the clock. He's just special, man. He's just amazing quarterback. The GOAT. He is the GOAT. But the Patriots are the class of the AFC. Broncos and Raiders are right there. The Chiefs. You look at the AFC West. You might get both wild card spots out of the AFC. I mean, the, the, the both wild card spot might come out of the AFC West. I mean, those teams are that good. And the Chargers, I'm not even ready to put them away with the talent that they have and the way they play. They just done some stupid stuff down the stretch and lost to some crazy weights. I think it's the Patriots. They're the class, and I think they're head and sh- I don't, I don't. They're the best team in the AFC. Maybe head and shoulders above everybody else. Let's go to the NFC. At the midway point, are you looking at the AFC? Dallas is a class of the NFC East. But I look at the NFC East, and I'll say this: Eagles ain't that much better, ain't that much worse than the Cowboys. They're really not. Now, if you watch the game on Sunday night. Eagles dominated that football game, made some stupid boneheaded plays and decisions and questionable coaching decisions, and lost that football game. But they should have won that game. The Eagles most definitely should have won that game. I look at the NFC North. Vikings, you know, North Turner's gone. That offense is struggling. They got beat down in Chicago after coming off a beat down in Philadelphia. I look at the NFC South. It looks like it's about the Falcons. But I'm not prepared to throw away the Buccaneers. Not the Buccaneers. I'm throwing them away. I'm not prepared to throw away the Panthers. I'm not prepared to throw away the Saints. And the Falcons, albeit a great offense, not so great defense. And then I look at the AMC West. I think it's about the Seahawks in that division. I mean, the Cardinals, questionable quarterback play. Rams obviously have some questionable quarterback play. And it's 49ers, you got some questionable everything. But look at the NFC. AFC is about the Patriots to me at the midway point. NFC is wide open. Cowboys are six and one. But if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't I'm not, I think I could beat the Cowboys. If I'm the Green Bay Packers, I think I could beat the Cowboys. If I'm the Falcons, I think I could beat the Cowboys. If I'm the Seahawks, I think I could beat the Cowboys. So I think all those teams in the NFC, I think you should feel comfortable enough to think that you can beat the Cowboys even though they have the best record in the NFC. The Philadelphia Eagles are a football team that easily could be 6-1, and 5-2. You know, tough losses, had that game against the Lions, had that game against the Cowboys. And, you know, the Redskins, you know, Redskins were a better team on that day. But they were in that football game in a game they easily could have won. But they had the Lions game and they had the Cowboys game. And again, you are what your record says you are. That, that, that's where it is. And, and I think we can go around the league and say that about a lot of football teams. But I'll say this. With the play they're getting out of their quarterback, and Carson Wentz has been big time this year. Slowing down a little bit, but it, it, it ain't slowing down too much. If it was up to me, and we were re-choosing and re-picking this draft, I'd pick Carson Wentz before Dak Prescott. 
anytime at any point. I think he's the better prospect. That's not a knock on Dak Prescott, but I just think Carson Wentz is the better prospect. I think ultimately he's going to be the better player. Again, not a knock on Dak Prescott. I just think Carson Wentz is going to be the better player. I just like his, what he brings to the table, just a little better. I think he's a more accurate quarterback. I just like his intent. I, I, I love Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz. Philadelphia has found their quarterback of the future and beyond. But, I mean, Minnesota's come back to the pack after that 5-0 start. I mean, so the, the NFC to me is a wide-open thing. I don't care what record the Cowboys have. I don't care if they have the best record in the NFC. It's wide open. It is wide open. So the NFC is going to be fun. Those playoffs are going to be fun. It's going to be real fun. So we'll see, man, what happens. Um, And they got that big game out there in the black hole. Raiders, Broncos, Raiders, if they can get that game, can really, really, you know, put some, not put some, well, they're tied with the Broncos, but you can put some distance, at least a game distance. Man, and you can move forward from there. But it's a big game for the Raiders, and we'll see if the Raiders are for real. I think they are for real. And I think we've been waiting for the Raiders to be for real for a little bit now. But they're for real. And before we get out of here, got about a minute left, I want to touch on uh, Josh Huff of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, caught on the Walt Whitman Bridge out there in Philly. Well, the the border between Philly and, and, and Hello? Yeah, we just we got we went out for a little bit, but I'm hearing myself again. But he was caught, at, you know, had a little marijuana in his car, had a gun, not registered in Jersey, but registered in Texas, had some hollow point bullets as well. But ultimately, he was released by the Philadelphia Eagles, and they made the decision to release him. I do believe if it was, I mean, Bradham. He had a situation, two situations, but he's still around. So I think if if Josh Huff was a better player and he, he, if he was a better player and brought a little more to the table, he still would be with the Eagles. But when your production doesn't match your distraction, you're out of there. And that's what happened to Josh Huff. Got to be smarter. But at the same time, man, I mean, we're worried about marijuana. That's a nothing thing at this point. And then uh, it's not like the gun is not registered at all. It is registered somewhere. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, Jersey has some very strict gun laws. But you're, like, between Pennsylvania and Jersey and Delaware, and it's very close in terms of the borders. But you got you to be careful. But anyway, I want to thank Vernon Davis for stopping by. You can listen to this show on other great shows, blogtalkradio.com. Slash PKM, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go 4 camp For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care.